All right, let's fucking do this one then. How about it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Double N Ben Variety Show. How you doing? Are you well? Are you having fun? Are you having a good one? That's great. How's uh, how's your Christmas? It's been a little bit. It's uh, it's been a hot minute, I guess you could say. But uh, no, it's good to see. You. It's good to be back. It's uh, you know, New Year, New You, New Year's resolutions. You you guys into that shit? You know, you just don't. Want to change your life uh, in the heat of the moment when the time is right, which is exactly right now. No, no, no. Just wait for that clock to strike 12 and you're all good. That's it. That's so, uh, you know, that's what people do on the fucking uh, Instagram there. You know, people love posting the news resolutions, being like, I just want to lose 10 kilos. Or, you know, all these other fucking, you know, guys like, oh, I just would like to stop singing as many schooners when I watch the NRL. Yeah, probably, uh... You know, getting into bar fights after having about 15 VBs. Yeah, probably should cut that out. Yeah. You know, whatever your dreams are, whatever your resolutions are, I back you. I fucking go for it. You know, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Um, yeah. You know, it's exciting times. But, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of crazy shit. A lot of, uh, you know, the political world just doesn't fucking stop. You know, there's always a new controversy. Someone's getting in trouble. Someone's, uh, you know, wearing a naughty, very bad Halloween costume when they're 21 years old. Dominic Perrottet, I'm looking at you. Oh, Jesus. What happened here? What happened here? Dominic Perrottet. You know, only a couple of months out for the election and you just... You, you know what? You're going through a Michael Daly. Not really, but kind of similar, you know. You, you, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that... It's funny how you look at this situation and then you look at um, fucking Michael Daly's situation and it's kind of like, I'm not excusing what, I just need to make this clear, I'm not excusing what Dominic Perrottet has done and I'm not just saying that to avoid getting cancelled or tweeted about. I'm just fucking putting it out there that, you know, it, the, the thing that took down Michael Daly was identity politics. His situation was way more different to this one, alright? He didn't wear... You know, he didn't dress up as fucking Adolf Hitler when he turned 21, all right? He, all Michael Daly did was that he said, you know, Asians are better educated. I, I can't remember, what did he actually said something about Asians and education where essentially he was, you know, crediting Asia's growing economy to the fact that, you know, places like China and all these other countries in the Asia Pacific invest heavily in education, which Australia doesn't do, hence why we're 39 out of 41 in education rankings in the developed world. Um, he was, what he was saying, the way that, like, you know, Asia grows its economy is because they invest in education heavily, you know. They believe that everyone should have a degree, they should, you know, do well in their, you know, final year of fucking school exams, their version of the HSC, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they fund public services which are tailored towards your education, like very much like what we have over here with TAFE and other community colleges. You know, they, they just understand the importance of being educated in school and the resources that schools need, right? Hence why China is becoming the, the behemoth in the global economy. And when Michael Daly credited Asia for doing this, Somehow Alan Jones took that out of context and was able to smear him as a racist, right? So one of the reasons he didn't get in was because, you know, getting called a racist, getting that label put on you because of identity politics, it doesn't really, 
fair your chances well when, elect when an election is coming up. Now, Dominic Perrottet, his situation is very different. The guy dressed up as fucking Goebbels to slam a few Bundaberg rum and cokes at his 21st, right? So, he's not having a good week. Things aren't looking well, uh, but let's let's see what... Let's see what happened. Let's let's read into it, shall we? Where are we at here? All right. Ashamed. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet reveals he wore a Nazi uniform at his 21st birthday. Okay. Frankly, right, flanked by his treasurer, Matt Keane, Perrottet fought back tears as he revealed that he won the outfit more than 19 years ago, describing it as a terrible mistake which had personally anguished him for most of his life. The shocking revelation, which comes just three months before the state election came after Perrottet received a phone call from a cabinet colleague who mentioned it two days ago. Because, so, my question is towards this situation was like, you know, is there a photo of him in the fucking uniform? Is he, uh, you know, like, how? To, how why is he coming out and just admitting it? Because, like, you know, if there's no evidence, I mean, being Dominic Perrottet and knowing that an election is coming up very shortly, I probably would have fucking kept this under wraps, personally. But apparently, it's saying that rumours of the existence of a photo damaging to the Premier had been circulating in recent days, which is kind of weird, because you'd think that would get leaked onto the internet or some shit, but... Surprisingly not. Surprisingly not. Excuse me. Perrottet said he was unaware unaware of whether a photo of him wearing the outfit existed and it was unclear whether one had been released to media. Sources said after the press conference the suggestion that there was such a photo had been circulated by disgruntled members of Perrottet's own right faction. I can tell you it's not us, one senior moderate said. Okay, so there's rumours going around. People thought there was a photo, but, you know, it hasn't been leaked onto the internet. So, yeah, Dom's not really in a good position, and people are starting to question whether or not this is really going to hurt his election chances in the fucking uh, upcoming state election between um, Chris Minns and Dominic Paraday. Now, I don't personally think that, like, okay, first off, this isn't a good look. Like, this isn't going to help at all. Like, this, it, in no way is this going to assist you in getting those votes. Uh, but I don't think that, like, this is this thing that's going to, like, really sink him. I think he's already been sunk for quite a while. Um, I just think this is kind of like the final nail in the coffin. Uh, personally, I just look at it thinking, you know, the fact that the unions in this state are so disregarded and there's a protest nearly, like, every month, maybe every two months because, you know, public services in this state have been gutted. I think that's probably going to be the thing that sinks him. You know, the fact that there was that huge transport dispute between the government and the unions. Like, the fact that public transportation to get everyone around, you know, Sydney was so disrupted because they just couldn't cut a deal and they were trying to give him some little pay rise. And, they, you know, they weren't really going to invest in improving working conditions. That might be one of the reasons why people aren't really keen on Dominic Perrottet. Perrottet, however you say his name. Fucking what else? Like, the fact that land clearing has tripled in the past decade. It is tripled. I'm just going to say that again. Tripled. It's not really... Like, the fact that deforestation has been, like, pumped up so heavily. 
it, it, that that's also not really like gonna help you win the election too. Because you know the um, National Trust of New South Wales, sorry, the National Trust of Australia, you know, a community-based heritage conservation organisation, you know, they came out essentially with a report talking about, you know, the New South Wales government government's policy towards land clearing. They essentially came out talking about how, you know, they, they were saying this: the 2018 Living Planet report public published by the World Wildlife Fund has reported that Australia is the only nation in the developed world to make the World Wildlife Funds globalist of deforestation hotspot. The report puts Australia against New Guinea, Indonesia, Congo, and Brazil for deforestation. Holy shit. So we're nearly worse than, like, a third world dictatorship like fucking Brazil. I mean, I know Jair Bolsonaro's out, but... Yeah, our fucking... Like, the world's forest, like, absorbs... That's what they wrote. The world's forest absorbed... Uh, 2.4 billion tons of carbon dioxide per year, one-third of the annual CO2 release from burning fossil fuels. Uh, forest destruction emits further carbon into the atmosphere within 4.3 to 5.4 uh, GTCOs. Uh, I can't even fucking say that properly. Generated annually. I'm just, when it comes to like the science of climate change, that's where I really struggle. Like I'm a fucking dummy when it comes to that stuff. But largely from deforestation and la- uh, forest egg degradation protecting and restoring this vast carbon sink is essential for mitigating climate change so this reports come out from april 2020 essentially just putting the government government's feet to the fire about how horrible their fucking uh deforestation policies are so there's a lot of policies ever since uh the liberals have been in in state power which has really had an effect on public services and the environment. And I think a lot of people, the fact that those um, policies are so horrendous and they've taken, effect, they've taken effect on, you know, the way people fucking even get around with transport, with the trains and the bus drivers and teachers going on strike. I'm not like, you get my point. A lot of people who are in the public service sector are fed up, essentially, with the way they are being treated with these horrible working conditions and the fact that the pay rise is so stagnant during this economy, I think is really going to sink him too. But honestly, <clears throat> this um this Nazi uniform shit doesn't help. I don't think it's really going to, you know, exactly gel well with certain communities in uh, New South Wales. But honestly, I think this is just the cherry on top. I think the real reason why people don't like him is because is because of his policies um so when you've made when you've made that many cuts to public services and you've you know committed all the you know you've just land cleared more than fucking brazil that's an issue and that that's not exactly gonna make you electable if you know what i mean all right anyway you know so good luck to dominic Perrette in his next election uh you know I, 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 I don't know, really know how you're going to do, given this, but, um, hey, buddy, uh, fingers crossed for you. I personally, you know, don't want you to win, but just for your own sake, you know, good luck. Good luck out there with all that shit, because, you know, this definitely isn't going to help, you know, but, um, anyway, let's move on. Oh, yeah, Papua New Guinea, album, they're fucking becoming homies, they're becoming closer. Let's look at this. Just signing a new uh, treaty. Alright, a defense treaty. To, and they signed it in Port Mosby. 
can't say I've been, but yeah, sure it's a beautiful place, you know, nice place to sip a few fucking cocktails, anyway, um, right, Australia's, wait, where's the fucking video for this thing, hang on. Anthony Albanese is bound for Papua New Guinea as China continues to expand and invest in the region. He'll use a historic address to Parliament plus some rugby league diplomacy as the struggle between superpowers edges close to Australian shores. Here's Charles Croucher. In cattle country, the Prime Minister plots a path for the long-awaited Rockhampton Ring Road. Looking at which way it would go. Before heading to Papua New Guinea to plot a path with our nearest neighbour to the north. This is a historic visit and I thank Prime Minister Marape for the invitation. Moresby has been a magnet for Prime Ministers. Scott Morrison arriving by helicopter from HMAS Adelaide, while world leaders met for APEC in 2018. Tomorrow, Anthony Albanese will address the Parliament, a first for any foreign leader. That is an extraordinary honour for Australia and is one that I regard as will be one of the great honours of my life. Australia, for its part, has been calling for much greater cooperation between the two countries' militaries and this is likely to form a central part End at a time of Chinese expansion and investment in the region, old friends can make crucial allies. This is a strategic move, a signal that Australia is trying to counter uh, this influence. Australia will support military, cultural and infrastructure projects, but the Prime Minister is making a play for the heart of Papua New Guinea, revealing he's been in discussion with rugby league officials about expanding the NRL further north. I'm very keen to see a, a rugby league team uh, participate in the NRL that would be based uh, in Papua New Guinea. A new tactic in what is fast becoming a whole new ball game. Charles Croucher, Nine News. I love how fucking like the entire media, like Nine News, the Costello, Fairfax media, really likes to absolutely sens sensationalise the antagonism towards China. It's like, you know, I don't think you, you know, trying to G up the entire Australian public into hating a neighbouring country in the same fucking region as us is really going to, like, benefit the economy and these treaties. I mean, I don't think they're doing this just to stick the finger up at China. They're not, he's not doing this because he's looking at it thinking like, China, China, China. It's like, you know, trying to like treat it like fucking Xi Jinping's going to be under your bed at night with a black fucking dildo ready to peg you. You know what I mean? So uh, the reason that he's doing it, the reason that like Albo Penny Wong are making these trips to the Asia Pacific is because they don't want to repeat the same mistakes as the coalition. Alright, they don't want to make funding cuts to health packages and COVID uh, support, right? They actually want to create policies and packs on climate change. Yes, like China is growing in the region, but it's because, like I said before, they have, they're becoming a global economic superpower. They have invested in infrastructure, they have invested in education, they invest in these public services that people need. Now, I understand that, yeah, okay, China definitely 
has flaws. Like, but really, at the end of the day, when you're a global economic superpower on the rise, and there's all these opportunities to benefit the economy with trade, and you can work with other countries in the region economically, why would you not take that? Why would you not go for that? Right? There's been many times, like, we, we slashed funding uh, to the fucking region. We slashed Pacific Aid for health. And essentially, they cut about... How much did they cut again? So they cut the Cook Islands funding by, like, 75%, Fiji by 22%, and then the Solomon Islands by 13%. And in Samoa, which was devastated by measles, where 80 people died, they cut their health funding by 36%. Um, and essentially, we essentially look at like our neighbors who need like these you know third world countries that clearly need help and support from neighboring regions who have more uh, powerful and better economies, right? We're one of those economies, and we cut funding to them. And that's why China goes to places like the Solomon Islands and the Solomon Islands looks at China thinking, well, okay, you're a better neighboring country. You'll actually help us out. And they create security packs with them right on our doorstep. But Labor has looked at that, right? Albo and Penny Wong has looked, have looked at that thinking, okay, we're not going to do that. We're not going to ignore your calls for better policies on climate change. We're actually going to come in. We'll work with you will increase your your funding for health to um, help battle medical crises and will actually help you out in regards to climate ch change because we're creating policies to combat climate change, right? Penny Wong went to all these neighboring countries in the Pacific Islands and literally said to them being like, okay, we're going to increase your funding in health and we have policies towards climate change. And that is the reason why ABO is going to PNG to do the same thing because the media... And the coalition essentially antagonized China. They don't look at the economic opportunity which is there, which is what Paul Keating has been just hounding for for years. He's not saying that you ignore, you know, you don't bend over to China. You don't do exactly what they want. That's not what he's saying. But you have to understand their growth and work with it, right? When Paul Keating left office in 1996, one of the things that he was hoping for, that he was praying for, was that John Howard would continue with the policies, the economic policies that opened us up to other countries in the Asia Pacific, sorry, in the Asia Pacific economically, right? That is what Paul Keating wanted, but John Howard had shat all over that, clearly did not, you know, support that idea, did not continue with those policies. And the only reason why Australia was able to have like a booming economy from the time when John Howard got in was because of the economic reforms that Keating and Hawke set up. But John Howard's a fucking idiot, the same way that he fumbled the mining boom, so of course he's not going to continue with these policies that would have absolutely economic, economically benefited us in the long run. That's just that's not the way John Howard worked. He just didn't give a shit about any of that, and he just ditched it all together. When Albo got in, right, for the past 10 years with the coalition being in office, Albo gets in and he boosts their budget to $900 million to help tackle poverty and, you know, shore up security and health funding. So, like, they're actually respecting and understanding the importance of working with these neighboring countries in the Asia-Pacific. Because in regards to trade routes, 
and the way that you know shipping is done around the world the asia pacific is a vital uh place in the world where all that happens and australia's trying to get in on, in on that but it doesn't fucking help when you've had a government in for the past 10 years essentially just ignoring that and not trying to understand the growth of that region so yeah it's a good thing this is this is not a bad thing okay when you hear the media and nine news saying all this shit being like it's to combat china because they're coming to invade us that's not why they're doing it, okay? Yeah, they're not bending over to China, but at the same time, they're try they're really understanding the importance of working with these neighboring countries so they don't go to fucking China and we get left in the dark, okay? And so especially when it comes to um, sea loss, right? The Solomon Islands has faced like this profound fucking crazy loss due to climate change. So yeah, between 1969 and 2010, 41 tropical cyclones passed within 400 kilometers of the capital, uh, Honeria, however you say that, excuse me to anyone who's from the Solomon Islands, forgive my fucking white, dumb, lower middle class fucking Australian uncultured ass, but uh, yeah, this is an average of one cyclone per season, but you can't, you can never say when a cyclone will hit. And, uh, yeah, they're just examples of the damage and loss of climate change and the devastating and far-reaching impacts they have on some people. And the government, you know, the, the Morrison-Dutton government looked at that and just fucking laughed at it, being like, yeah, the sea levels are rising, like, taking the piss. Like, that shit doesn't help, right? So the Solomon Islands, Solomon Islands look at that thinking, like, all right, climate change is a real thing. We're being affected by it, Right? There's, there's, there's one cyclone per season. We don't even know when it's going to hit, right? Our neighboring country, Australia, doesn't even give a shit about us. So why the fuck are we going to work with them on climate change? So they're going to... It just makes sense for them to go, and go to the other growing economic superpower, which is China. That is the reason why. But now Albo is coming being like, no, we're not going to repeat those mistakes, okay? It's not about warmongering towards China. It's about working, working with neighboring countries so they don't leave us and go to China because we treat them like shit on a policy level. That's the reason why he's doing it, alright? I'm just getting that out there. Jesus Christ, I need to get a fucking tampon on over here, you know? Losing my shit. Anyway. Oh yeah, Dana White. Holy shit, let's talk about that. Dana White, what happens with Dana White? Oh boy. Alright, I'm not really going to read anything out for this, but I'll just talk about it from the bottom of me heart, alright? So in case you don't know who Dana White is, to anyone who does not watch the UFC. He's the president of the UFC. Uh, he sold the UFC in 2016 for $4 billion to William Morris Endeavor, the largest uh, talent agency in America and Hollywood. Uh, they The UFC is one of the largest growing sports in the world, and Dana White has been the head of that since about, I think, 2001. So he's been there the entire way. He has made this amazing fast-growing company. He's a guy who I've always liked and respected. I've always looked up to him as a role model. I think the way he conducts himself and the way he's just a, like this no-bullshit, no-shit-taken, straight-shooting CEO. Like, you see him at the press conferences after a fight, and he just, he just, he doesn't give a shit. He just speaks his mind. Like, he speaks his mind. He's just swearing his head off. He's just, you know, saying that was good, that was shit. I don't give a fuck about that. Like, he's just... He's a smart businessman, and I've always really respected him, but on New Year's Eve 2022, he was at a club with his wife, and um, there was a video, 
of him and his wife getting into an argument. And I, from what I've seen, in fact, let's just let's watch it. Let's watch it so I can, you know, I don't, I don't fumble this one and look like a fucking moron over here. You know what I mean? So let's get this one up. Hang on. All right, here we go. So she's trying to grab him. He's kind of holding her back. She's upset. He's going to her. She smacks him first. So she's hit him first. And then he smacks her right back. And then he smacks her again. And then he kind of... He, he pushes and he shoves her. He's go Yeah, he's going at her. And it's getting broken up by other people. And then he's getting calmed down by his other friends. Alright. You know, this um this podcast has really come full circle. Here we are where we, we commentate on politics and sometimes fighting shit. Now I'm commentating on domestic abuse. I mean, Jesus Christ. What happened to this fucking podcast? What has this become in the fucking Andrew Tate podcast? Anyway. Um, so yeah. That got leaked. That, that's been out there. So yeah, Dana White's in a bit of trouble at the moment. Um, and... Everyone has been asking the question, you know, what do we do? What's the punishment going to be? Uh, some other people have come in actually defended him, defending him, saying that, you know, well, his wife hit him first, so, you know, he has a right to defend himself. And there are other people saying you shouldn't defend it at all. Here's my take. Here's my opinion. Are you ready? You know how you just, like, see those YouTubers and they're just like, everyone's just wrong. This is my opinion, and this is the right one, okay? I've really thought this one out well. Anyway, look, here's the thing about, you know, this situation, all right? This is not good. I just have, let's let's just start off with the, I'm, I, look, I know I'm thinking outside the box here. I know I'm really breaking new ground. I know I'm really shattering expectations here. But this isn't good. This is not good. Right? This is not a good look for him or anyone else. This is not a good look in fucking general. Alright? It's a terrible look. Uh, he shouldn't have reacted. He shouldn't have hit his wife back. He shouldn't have done fucking anything. He should have just walked away. Alright? When you're getting an... The, I, okay, let me just... Get this out there. When you're out at night, alright? And you, there's, there's a lot of alcohol going around. Maybe some drugs. Maybe some of the razzle-dazzle. The blow. Maybe some MDMA caps. Whatever your fucking party drug of choice is. Uh, what you do is... Okay? When you're getting into a heated argument with someone. Say like your, your significant other. And you're both fighting. And you're under... You know, you've had a lot to drink. And there are drugs. The best thing you fucking do is just... You walk away... You get out of there, you just say, you know, we're, we, we've had a lot to drink, uh, we're not sober, we shouldn't be having this argument right now. Uh, yeah, you, you just, it's, as soon as his wife hit him, that's when he just should have walked away and done nothing. You just should have walked away, alright? Now everyone's asking the question of like, you know, what happens from here? What do you do? You know, what are the consequences? What's going to happen to Dana White? The issue is, is that nothing's going to happen to Dana White. I knew that from the get-go. Uh, it was pretty obvious from when it happened. Nothing's going to happen to him at all. Alright? I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, he should be punished in some way because this is a guy 
who has constantly talked talked about how bad domestic violence is and how you know there's never an excuse for putting your hands on another woman. Uh, but he's never going to face punishment because over the years uh, there's been a lot of you know fighters uh, getting involved in many controversies. One of them being John Jones. You know he's been involved in domestic violence cases. Uh, you know that one time when he was in Vegas after winning the Hall of Fame for his fight with uh, Alexander Gustafson. Uh, the cops were called later that night in his hotel room for hitting his wife by their fucking daughter. So it was a very horrific situation, but John Jones faced no consequences. Many fucking fighters have been involved in the law, getting arrested. Nothing's happened to them. Nothing's happened to them. Alright? When you're a big moneymaker like Dana White or John Jones, nothing happens to you. Alright? It's wrong. It's, it's not a good look for the company because... You've got, like, there's already, a, there's already a stigma for, and I'm not saying this is the main issue. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, who cares that Dana White's wife got slapped. That's not what I'm saying. But one of the issues is that this isn't going to be a good look for the company because there's already a stigma around UFC being like, it's just a bunch of shirtless alpha uh, men just hitting each other in a, in, a, in a cage. It's disgusting. And now the fact that this has come out of Dana White hitting his wife, it's, that's not really going to help that narrative that surrounds MMA. Do you know what I mean? So, he shouldn't do this. He, this shouldn't be accepted. This is wrong. He has fucked up massively. It is very disappointing because he is, uh, I, I think he's a very commendable, respectable figure. But I just think him doing this has fucked up his... Uh, his time as, um, you know, the president of the UFC. This is all people are going to remember him for. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a shitty situation. He shouldn't have fucking done it. And he should have walked away when it happened. You know, but people are out there defending him. And it's like, at the end of the day, when you do that shit, you're just exposing yourself, really. You're just exposing yourself. That's why. All right. Anyway, we haven't got a whole lot of time today, so uh, you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get to the questions. All right, we're already thirty minutes in. I gotta make this one a little bit shorter today, but uh, yeah, next week's will be longer. But yeah, let's get to the questions. All right, um, I am terrified of ending my relationship with my boyfriend. Well, that's how you know it's time to end it and it's time to break up. All right. Oh, in case you didn't get the hint, it's wish.com therapy time, people. That's right. Send me questions to a guy who was 26 years old who was completely unqualified. But the reason you're sending me advice is because you can't afford real therapy, so you come to my fucking dumbass. Anyway, here we go. Uh, I've been with my boyfriend for almost six years now. We met in high school and started dating pretty early on. I was barely 15, as was he. I have never felt fr frustrated at our relationship. He is a very good person, has his future in line going to med school, and we always had a good time together. Recently, I stopped taking my medications with the help of my doctor, both my antidepressant and the pill that I've been taking since the beginning of our, of our relationship, and now I feel like a completely different person. Wow. That's cr I mean, look, no, look, I'm saying this with all due respect, but isn't it like kind of fucking insane that like 14 year olds 15 year olds are on like antidepressants and the pill i mean look i'm not a qualified medical expert i'm no doctor but like 
uh, to take antidepressants at 14 years old, I'm probably going to get into a lot of fucking trouble here because it sounds like I'm judge, judging you. I'm not. I'm not judging you at all. I'm just observing, like, you know, why 14-year-olds are on antidepressants. It's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot at a young age. But it's like 14-year-olds are on antidepressants. I mean, people don't get onto that shit when they, until they're, like, in their 40s, 30s, 20s. I, I don't know. Like, 14, that's a... That's a young age, man. That's, uh... I, I look, I don't know your circumstances. I'm not judging you here. I'm just looking at how, you know, there's nowadays, you know, there are a lot of kids who have uh, gotten on the antidepressants, and it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's like, you know, have you ever thought about teaching these kids to, like, you know, not be on social media as much, get outside, even learn to meditate, exercise, participate in group sports... You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's a fuck. It's fucking crazy. But um, yeah, a lot of mental health issues around young kids. It's it's just like what what the fuck happened? Like what? Where? How did we get to that point? You know, it's a. Is it cultural? Is it, you know? It's it's. I'm starting to think. Yeah, it is a cultural issue. But yeah, being on antidepressants at that age. I mean, that's that's a fucking young age, man. That's, you know. But hey, you you said you kicked them. You're off them. You're feeling good. That's great, so good for you, but yeah, that's, wow, that's a lot of 14, man. Uh, I always taught, this is her words, I think you meant to say thought, I always thought that I was asexual, because I never really felt sexual attraction to anyone. Well, I mean, you are 14, and you're, you know, it's, it's, 14, I don't know, I, I don't know how chicks fucking work at 14, but, you know, um, but now that I am off my meds, I realize I was wrong. I can feel it for other people, like my guy best friend. Uh-oh. Whoa. Fucking, this show's turned into goddamn Jerry Springer. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Um, but not really for my boyfriend. Uh-oh. Uh, we always had sex. However, I never had an orgasm with him because he comes too early and is too spent to have another go and is also very bad at oral. Oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. You're 21. The sec, you know... You know, that's when your libido's high as fuck. And, you know, can't even give you good oral. Not even good with the tongue. Ugh. Jesus, Ben, why'd you have to go there? You know, you just, you haven't been funny this entire episode, but no. You know, and it's, that's, that's, that's the rule. If you, if, you, if you can't find the joke, you just got to be as crude as possible. All right? Only through masturbation, but never really bat an eye that. Sorry, what, what did you write? Only through masturbation, but never really bat an eye that, because for me... It was just a way to give him a good time. Now that I realize I can feel attraction and am more interested in sex as a whole, it's really frustrating me what my sex life has become. I feel like this relationship is the perfect plan, plan for me to have a miserable future. We have different goals. He wants to create a family and continue interacting with his parents while I don't. And while I am sure this can change over time, he can't pleasure me even though I still like him. Uh, I am just too scared to get out of this relationship and not be able to find a good partner that uh, that I can have a good time with and sexually satisfies me since I am too so socially awkward. Thinking about how it will inconvenience other people if we if our lives in our lives if we end things. You I don't know how the fuck you wrote this, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird way you wrote this. Um, should I just stop overthinking it and end it, or try to somehow improve our sex life? Well, listen, 
you've been together. This is this is what I'm taking away from it. Um, you've been with him for nearly six years, and not once did I really see you talk about how he's amazing. I love him. He's the best. You know, I really appreciate who he is as a person. He means the world to me. You know, I never real like I'm not sensing that there's this real depth. Like, you don't have this real special bond. Like, you've been together for six years. Like, that's... I don't know. And in a way, from the way I'm reading it... And I'm not trying to, like, paint you as a bad person here. Like, these are just your true feelings. And that's okay. But... You, like... From what I... The way you describe this guy... It kind of sounds like he pisses you off. Like, he... It kind of sounds like he fucking annoys you in a way. And it's not like you don't like him. But he just kind of fucking annoys you. Like, he just... He's irritating, and he's kind of like a spanner in the works. Um, okay. Alright, here's the thing. Alright, the reason you're scared is because you met each other at a very young age. You're in the nest of your parents. Uh, and then as soon as you got out of the nest of your parents, you continued being in the nest of uh, your boyfriend. You don't know who you are. You haven't taken the time to really venture out there and discover the world because you've been, you know, it's it's like... You've been coupled with your parents and also coupled with your boyfriend. And now, because you've been together for so long and you have this history, you feel like you owe it to him to stay with him. You don't at all, okay? You should never ignore your true feelings. You should never ignore, you know, what you really want in life, okay? You have a need here that you haven't fully explored and it's not getting met in this relationship. And if you can't get one of your needs met, right, set, set, the, the, your sex life in a relationship really fucking matters. It, it, it is extremely important, um, you know, and you sound like you don't really, you're not really getting that need met, okay? And on top of this, sweetheart, like, you're 21 years old. You're 21, all right? You, are, you have, you, do you understand the, the life you have ahead of you? You, you have never spent the time to really get out there, be with other people. Like, not only just... Be, like Because right here before you wrote... What did you write? Um, I'm just too scared to get out of this relationship and not be able to find a good partner that I can have a good time with and sexually satisfies me since I am too socially awkward. Like, when you get out of this relationship, don't worry about this shit. Don't worry about finding someone else. Like, don't... F fuck all that. You've been in one for six years. Like, go out there. You know, heal from this relationship, get out there, go figure out who you are, what you want, go go mingle with other people, like, I feel like you know what you want to do, but you just, you kind of need reassurance on it, um, so I, yeah, if you want reassurance, I'm giving it to you right now, get out there, go see what's out there, it's going to be hard to break up with him, but, and it's going to feel weird for a couple of weeks, but afterwards, I guarantee you're going to, you're going to be excited by the opportunities that are ahead of you, okay? So, you have a need that needs to be explored, okay? And for when you get that need explored, for the love of God, just make sure the fucking guy's wearing a condom, okay? Just make sure he's got a pack of dummies on him that he bought from 7-Eleven. Make sure he slips that thing on like he learned in fucking sex ed with the banana. Uh, yeah, just, you need to just have that conversation and just, you know, you gotta sit down with him being like, listen, um... I really appreciate everything we've done together. I appreciate who you are as a person. Uh, you're always going to mean a lot to me, but I feel like I've just I, I'm not happy anymore. That's 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 the that is the way to do it. I'm not happy anymore. 
Uh, I don't feel like I know who I am. I, I need to, I, like, I want to, you know, really just, I have different plans than you. Our, our, we're not on the same wavelength. That's how you do it. We're not on the same wavelength. Um, and yeah, you, you got to have that conversation with him. You'll break his fucking heart, but you're not responsible for him having to heal. Okay. You're not responsible for that. You're, you are responsible for your own happiness. And this guy is not responsible for your happiness. Okay. So you need to just bite the bullet. You need to eat the shit sandwich. It's going to fucking suck. But it's like, uh, once you do it, it's like you've just taken a massive shit. All right. It's like you've just gone to the bathroom. You've done your business. It's, you know, and you feel great afterwards. Okay. So get out there. Go live your life, uh, and yeah, and you'll be able to create a, a relationship with someone when you're older, when you realize who you are, and you've got the experience, and you've been out there, okay, you're 21, go and have the time of your fucking life, okay, go sleep with a bunch of dudes, go to a bunch of clubs, go hang out, like, just go fucking, go figure out what you want to do, start reading, you know, start trying a bunch of different shit, you, sweetheart, you don't owe this guy anything, all right? He sounds like a great guy, but he's just not it for you, okay? All right? I, like, it's, it's, this, you're young, okay? And he'll be okay, all right? He's, he, he's got a purpose in life. He's got family. He knows what he's doing. He, he's going to be fine, all right? He's going to be good, and you're going to be good too, all right? So just get out there and go have a good time. Anyway, I'm going to end this one. I'm signing off. Thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you kids next week. If you got questions, you know where to send them. Email addresses down in the bottle, down in the bottle, in the bottle. Fuck the bottle, the bottom, in the description. All right, I'll catch you kids next week. Thank you very much for listening. I'm loving you and leaving you. All right, peace out, bitches.